This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We are going to talk about some new stories today uh, between your vehicle repair questions. So we're here for your questions. That's one of our, that's our main reason for being here. But uh, we thought we'd be, we, we've run out of time when we've tried to do news in the last segment of the show. So here are some some new stories that come up. Uh, This is very sad. Um, A a gentleman was killed. His car killed him even as he slept was the the title of the article. It was a Pennsylvania man who um, went out to Subway to eat supper. His wife was out of town. He parked his keyless Toyota 4Runner SUV in his attached garage, and he went to bed and died because he left his car running. He had a keyless entry car with a fob and left it running, and I guess maybe the the bedroom was above the garage and died from the carbon monoxide. Very sad. That is sad. And the dog died, too. Wow. Okay. That's wild. And it said uh, the car was left, he unintentionally left it running for 10 hours. Um, so that uh, uh, that is very sad. And he was one of uh, four people in the U.S. to have known from uh, died from this uh, this year. And I, what I found that was interesting uh, when we talked about the child safety is that they didn't start keeping statistics about children dying from uh, being left in cars until something like 1996. And I know when my daughter was born in 92, that was already a thing. So we, I don't know when they'll start. Uh, It's a shame if they're going to have to start keeping statistics on this. Yeah, well, they definitely should to make sure that we know kind of what the effect this is having, because apparently on something that's in the news right now is that the autopilots that are on cars are causing problems um, with people and not knowing how to use them. Well, and how we're going to we're gonna hang on to that. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, some car makers offer, you know, versions of uh, safety technology that automatically shuts off the car. Ah. Um, a, a young couple was left uh, brain damaged after leaving their keyless 2014 Lexus running in their garage for six hours and in february they've uh, a law was proposed called the park it act it was introduced into the u.s senate and there's also a house version protecting americans from the risk of keyless technology and uh, they want automakers to be required to provide automatic shutoff for keyless internal combustion engines when the car has been idling for a designated period of time. They want the cars to have a roll anti-rollaway feature to immobilize a car if a driver exits but leaves it in gear. Um, so that that's, you know, if you have a keyless car, that's something you need to, or if you rent a keyless car, that's something you need to be made aware of. Yeah, I guess people are getting out of their cars, like, you know, these days you can just leave it in your pocket, and they're, like, before you'd have to turn the key off and take your key out of the ignition. So they're, uh, I would have never guessed that would have been a problem. That's 
pretty All interesting. Right. Well, the uh, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, that's the website we tell you to go to to check for your vehicle recalls. They have made a video. It's a cute little video, and we have the audio for that that uh, we're going to play to tell you uh, the proper way to operate your vehicle with a keyless ignition system, and we're going to play that now. More and more new cars are going keyless for your convenience. But safety should never take a backseat to convenience. You'll want to take some extra precautions since keyless features work differently than you're used to with traditional car keys. A keyless ignition uses an electronic key fob, which you don't physically put in the ignition. To turn on the engine, you just need to have the fob somewhere in the car, even in your purse or pocket, before you push the start-stop button. Traditional keys must be physically turned to power the engine on and off, and you have to put the car in park before you can take the key out of the ignition. The engine doesn't automatically shut off when the key fob is removed from the car. You still need to press the start-stop button. Since there's no traditional key to operate, it can be easy to forget to put the car in park when you shut it off, which can lead the car to roll away. If the car is parked in an enclosed garage and you accidentally forget to turn off the engine, it can even result in carbon monoxide poisoning and death. This is particularly important since carbon monoxide fumes are odorless and colorless. If your car is a keyless feature, here are some simple tips to keep in mind for everyone's safety. Check your owner's manual so you understand how the key fob works, since they can vary across manufacturers. Pay attention to any alert signals while you're in your car or getting out of it. Remember to put your car in park before turning it off, and always apply the parking brake. Never get out of your car while the engine is running. And don't leave your key fob in your vehicle. Make sure to take it with you. Always be safe, and when your car is keyless, don't get careless. At NHTSA, we believe safe cars save lives. Get your safety facts at NHTSA.gov. All right, so that, that, that was interesting, and I hope individuals who get these new technologies will learn a little bit more about how to operate them. Yeah, for sure. That's far out. And if you have a question uh, for Allison, we're talking about news stories, but that's just between your vehicle repair question calls. So give us a call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Yeah, Allison, we were talking about some of the new safety features, and that was a a news article. Yeah. So the uh, autopilot is they're having some problems with people knowing how to use them appropriately. And so apparently what's happening is people are taking their hands off the steering wheel altogether and allowing it to drive. And the thing is, those systems work off of reading lane markers on the road through cameras or through radar. And when there's no markers on the side of the road 
or it, it doesn't read the car in front of them, it's it's having a problem where they're running into it. And we there was a fellow that died in a Tesla vehicle um, who, who had at the time of the crash, his autopilot was on. So they believe it was related. And the thing is, you're apparently you're supposed to leave your hands on the steering wheel, even when your lane assist or your autopilot is on. And um, that's because it can not read at certain points when you hit parts of the road that it's not a really obvious lane when the lane markers aren't there it's it's not able to read these systems aren't able to read that so they're not to that point yet they're apparently they're getting close um uh, Elon Musk, Tesla's owner, is saying that he's going to be able to do a fully automated car here soon, where it's completely fully automated, where you'll be able to keep your hands off the steering wheel. But that's not there yet, and people think it is. So when they see they have their car with autopilot assist or pro-pilot assist, the, those are just assisted systems. They are not fully autopiloted yet. So we're just having some problems with that. Yeah, when we t- when we did our show talking about the safety features that are available, on new cars now, a number of people, you know, called in and said, this bell goes off and I don't know what it means. Or, you know, we have this lane assist, but it jerks my car uh, to take the exit when I want to keep going straight. So I think there's still some uh, room for education on all points. Yeah, lots. Well, we would love to take your calls today on one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's do one more uh, news story before we take our break. And oh, this one, this one's after my heart. Um, General Motors vehicles now let you order Domino's pizza from the dashboard. They <laughs> now we. We have a 2007 Saturn Ion that came with the OnStar, OnStar mm-hmm. on the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And you could just push the button there, and it had a, a microphone that you could also talk on the phone, and you could talk to a helper. But I guess now some of the OnStars have a, a screen, and um, this has a marketplace app, which is independent from your cell phone, but you can order Domino's Pizza and also includes McDonald's and Starbucks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so I don't know that that what will they think of next? I can just see it going wrong when you get to Starbucks you have like eight coffees over. <laughs> <laughs> that's something else. I guess it's a selling point. They're doing that yeah. as a as a selling point to try to sell more cars. All right. Well, we've got some emails, but we're going to take a break now. We're uh, taking a break from talking about some news articles, uh, but we would love to take your phone calls. Our lines are open. And if you have a problem with your vehicle, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You could also send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. If you enjoy listening to our show, please consider supporting us by donating your change. Today, we're reminding folks they can go to mpbonline.org and click support to learn more. If you also want to learn about if your car's under recall, we'll have that list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, I hope you'll find our podcast and subscribe for Android phones, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podcast Addict, our different podcasting platforms where you can find auto correct if you have an apple phone you should already have a podcasting platform pre-installed just for you there here are the recalls for the week there are 99,000 porsche cayennes and panoramas the problem is the shift lever could be moved to park uh, and if you remove the ignition key and the transmission may not be in park the 2016-2018 through 2018 Audi Q3s, if your turn signal goes by, bad, you might not know it. Well, that's interesting. They must, most cars, you don't have that, but I guess they have a feature that lets you know if your turn signal isn't working. They'll start and, flashing faster. Remember that yeah, call we had right. from the guy? But I okay. guess the, Q, the Q3 is having a problem with that system. Yeah. The 2018 Mazda CX-9, the wiring harness, may disrupt and disable the passenger front airbag, turn signals, and engine starting systems. Wow. The Ferrari 458, 488, F12, and California T has a problem with its airbag. And we've already got the recalls on the 2020s. The Land Rover Range Rover Evoque. There's a fuse for the front and rear windshield washer system that may fail. But you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website. That's nhtsa.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. So today we're talking about some recent news articles, giving you some tips, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our number is one 672 We talked a little bit already about some of the problems with a keyless entry cars that have a fob and some of the autopilot cars. So we have a call that we're going to go to. Let's go to uh, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, you have a comment or a question about about self-driving cars? Uh-oh. Let me go through. There we go. There's Dennis. Dennis, you have a comment or a question about self-driving cars? Yes, ma'am. I have a friend. I, I think it's funny. He was going on and on about how he, he thought they were horrible and he would never, ever, you know, he wanted to make control. And, you know, my comment was it's new technology. We already fly in airplanes, which are on autopilot a long time. And quite frankly, I'd trust an autopilot over uh, uh, four teenagers on cell phones. Uh, I just almost got wiped out on the crosswalk from the YMCA. Somebody in their mom mobile was texting on her phone and didn't even notice that she crossed over a crosswalk. 
So there's a lot of things to be said for something that's automatic that will cut through that. One last thing. Uh, I own a lot of German cars, and you might be interested in this tidbit. Americans have this thing about we do everything in our cars. Now we're even ordering pizzas and Starbucks and God knows what else. German cars, which I really love, I own a lot of them, but for the longest time they did not put cup holders in cars. If and, and finally they buckled under because of the American market. It was so important to them. And the reason, I have family in Germany, and you know, in Germany they are very good drivers, very safe drivers, and very fast drivers. And you're supposed to have your hands on the wheel when you're flying down the Autobahn doing 100 miles an hour. You know, you're not supposed to be sucking on a big gulp, texting on your phone. Yeah. And they've, like I said, they finally started putting cup holders in. But it's just it's an interesting cultural difference. You know, in Germany, the hands are supposed to be on the wheel, eyes on the road, pay attention, and order your pizza when you're wherever you're supposed to be going. <laughs> I'll get off the line. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Dennis. And, you know, I, I agree with Dennis to some point, but until everybody has the autonomous driving cars, uh, you know, if, if I have one, there's still the 14-year-old who's out there driving or the, the, the soccer mom with her latte and her yeah. texting. Um, I, I kind of like, uh, you know, like when you go to the amusement park and they have uh, like a, a, a tram or something that clamps on and just kind of pulls you around. I, you know, I think it would be great if everybody had autonomous cars, but... Until everybody does, there's always going to be that rogue person driving around. Yeah. Well, you give it like there's hardly anyone driving 90s vehicles right now. So if you, you give it a few years, it'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be taken over by by these late model cars coming out. I used to be um, really against it. But then I was like, Dennis, I, I eventually I was like, you know, I'd rather a computer run a car than a person. I just people aren't driving and paying attention like they should. And if they were, we wouldn't be having these problems where they're having a to go to all this expensive equipment because it's, it's expensive to put this on a car. It's expensive to fix. So, you know, that's the world we're living in now. And apparently America does have more wrecks per person than any other country in the world, which is interesting. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a surprise. <laughs> well, yes, we're, we're in our cars so much mm-hmm. because of the layout of our country. That too. Um, yeah, and, there's not but, a lot of public transportation. It's not widespread. It's, and so you have to have a car in most places. What did we read? There was like a new Subaru or something that had 17 cup holders. I really, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's now go to uh, Jerry. Jerry, thanks for calling in to our show today. You're on autocorrect. Go ahead. Hey, Jerry, we're so glad you're part of autocorrect. Okay, well, we'll see if uh, uh, Jerry can, um, uh, we'll see if we we can get him in a little bit. Let's go to uh, Linda in Mendenhall. Linda, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Good morning, ladies. Um, I have a small problem. I have a 2006 Malibu, and when I turn on my turn signal, after I turn, it doesn't click off anymore. Okay, well, maybe that switch itself is having a problem. That multifunction switch is what it's called. It has all the different things. So some of them have cruise control and that sort of thing. Some have lights in them, too. But um, it, it, I'm not sure exactly what makes it click off, but I'm assuming it's in that switch. 
But I'm not real sure on that because that's the first time I've ever heard of that happening on a car. It's something I've never dealt with myself, and I don't Hmm. think it's a common problem. So, But I would assume it's in that switch, and something in that switch is not letting it click off. Um, And, you know, but I'd hope it wouldn't be something as serious as it's in your steering column or something like that. But I'm I'm not 100% sure what the fix is on that. What kind of Uh, technician would you recommend Linda take her vehicle to? A dealer or? An everyday technician can deal with that. You know, an independent shop would be just fine with that. They'd be perfectly comfortable with that. You wouldn't need anything special. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. But uh, would you also recommend, what did you call it, original OM? An OEM part? OEM part. Um, On some vehicles, it's more important to do OEM. um, So it's kind of dependent. Since that's a multifunction switch and it doesn't really affect, like, your engine and stuff, you might get away with trying just an an aftermarket part. Um, But original equipment, like, I've noticed Dodge is real sensitive to anything that's not Dodge or that was originally owned Dodge. They use a lot of AC Delco and Delphi, um, that sort of thing. So... um, I would say on her car, just to go with an aftermarket part would be fine with that. But more than likely, a lot of shops will source it from a salvage yard or something like that. And they let you know that they do, that it's a used part. So that's that's okay, too. Uh, now I'm going to, I think for the rest of this show, I'm going to be getting uh, OEM and o- OMD, the Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark 980s band confused. Okay, but it's <laughs> original OEM. OEM. What's the E? Original, original equipment, equipment manufacturer. Okay, OEM. <laughs> All right, well, let's now go to uh, uh, Sue in Starkville. Sue, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. How are you today? Fantastic. Hey, good. Okay. All right, this is about my husband's pet car. It's a 1995 uh, Park Avenue Buick, and uh, he claims it's got a short, and we've been to everybody, and we can't find a short. Uh, It won't keep a charge at all, hardly, like he's got the charger on it right now, and uh, it just just bugs him that he doesn't know what it is. So we're, we're, he thinks it's something to do with the security system because we used to have it parked where the uh, motion light would come on if, you know, something there, and it seemed like it was worse then, but now we've got it parked where it's not. That's not a problem. So we don't know what it is, but uh, we want to know where to look. Okay. Well, um, something I do when a car, when a battery won't stay charged is you might have a parasitic drain, and you can take a a temperature gauge, the the um, laser temperature gauges and put it on your fuse box and when, after you turn your car off you can see which one is the hottest and that means that system is still on so you can kind of um, just break it down to what system is staying on if it's a parasitic drain but that's confusing um, to explain over the air and uh, you might understand what I'm talking about but that's breaking it down to the system that's staying on but what I would do is take it to an automotive electrical shop and they should be able to fix that 
fairly easily, I would assume. Okay, I think. I don't know if y'all have tried that yet. Well, no, we just take it to regular old mechanics. Is what we take it to. I mean, we've taken it to the you know to the Buick place, and we've taken it to a a person that we always go to, and we've taken it to lots of different places. But um, I would take it to an automotive electrical shop. Okay. And and go through that way. They should be able to track it down a lot lot easier. Now, how much it costs? I don't know. Electrical problems can be a little bit expensive because sometimes you'll you'll find you can isolate the system say like on my dodge van i have a, a similar situation that will not stay charged and i put a temperature gauge on there and i and i pointed at each of my fuses till i found out it was the wiper circuit that affects my windows also so somewhere in that circuit it has a a short to copper, which would be it's going to power and it's making it stay on even when the key was out of the car. So, um, but to track that down and actually fix that, I don't know how long it would take. I just I disconnect my battery <clears throat> while it's sitting and, uh, and and hook it back up when I'm ready to drive my van because it, it can be really hard to actually track it down and find it. But good luck with that and I recommend an automotive electrical shop. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Sue. Let's go back and try uh, Jerry. Jerry, uh, we are so glad you've called into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hey, thank you. I'm out on a tangle foot trail on my bicycle. It's uh, okay. First off, I, I want to say Miss Alice is very courageous for what she does because it's a non-traditional field for her. And I'm retired Navy, and, and I retired about the time females started coming into those. Well, thank you so much. Traditional <laughs> rate and, 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 and as an instructor, I found the females are actually better students than the males because the males came in thinking they knew everything already. And with the females, there's a clean slate. I can so. attest to that when I went to school. <laughs> so, uh, about the cars with fobs, I absolutely hate them for a couple reasons. One, I'll travel with a puppy, and I have a VW Passat with a fob. If I want to lock my doors my puppy in there and the AC running, the car running, you can't do it with a fob. I actually had to hack the system to make it do that. They kind of made it nanny-proof. I don't understand why. With the car off, I could lock it, but with the car running and the AC on, I can't lock it unless I hack it, so I had to hack it. Also, the remote start works fine, but it's a diesel. Ten minutes of warm-up in the wintertime is just not for diesel to warm up. And then, if you lose your fob, the dealer will rape you for a new one. It's $175 for the fob and about $125 to have them quote unquote program. It's just 300 bucks. Yeah. And if you run, if you if your little 2032 battery goes dead on it, it's a booger to get into the vehicle. So I don't know what the point of these fobs are, except they're the newest thing manufacturers got them. But I prefer a key. Well, they're they're uh, they're for security to keep people from stealing cars because car theft is a major major problem. I really wish they'd cut it out <laughs> because it's it's caused us to have these crazy security systems. But um, with the fobs, we did have a show with the key smith on here, a locksmith, and he can make the one. So you don't have to go to the dealership to get a new fob. It should be cheaper. How about that? Through a lo- yeah, we had him on, and that was news to me too. So I was always under the impression you had to go to the dealership, but he can make you a new fob. For your car, uh, for cheaper, for noticeably One cheaper. Thing, uh, you mentioned a couple shows ago. I, I disagree with you. We talk about high test gas and high performance vehicles. Yes, uh, I've had a couple of Z cars and other things, and Audis. And what the owner's manual says is, if you want to have the maximum performance of your car, use that. But you can use an eighty-seven octane. It just won't get up and go as it would with the ninety-three. And one of my cars, when I took it to the track, I go buy Avgas for it, put in there. 
Yeah, so, yeah, you're correct. I said use what your owner's manual can, though, just <laughs> for the record. Uh, and so yeah. if it says if you can use premium to help, then then yes. Yeah, what they say is, is, is they, we, they recommend you use it for the maximum performance of the vehicle, but if you want to save a couple of nickels at the pump, you can use 87. Stuff. Right, like if you're racing it. And that's most cars, when you're, when you're using them for racing, it does help to lift that octane on it, keep it from knocking and, and acting up. So that that does help um, on, on these higher performance vehicles. Anyway, my hats are off to you. That's all I got to say. And, and I really appreciate your show. And you really hanging it out there and putting yourself out, which is a very courageous thing to do. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks, Jerry. And I think Allison would be the first to say that, uh, you know, we appreciate a healthy discussion. If uh, somebody else has a different opinion, we would love to hear it. And then, uh, you know, Al- that gives Allison a chance to defend why, why she said what she said. But we're always apt to, yeah, uh, to learning uh, new things. So thanks, Jerry. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, we've got some uh, re- tips uh, from recent news articles, but we're taking your car repair questions. So, Bert, hang on. Uh, we'll get to you after the break. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 You know, Liz, I was going to say, and it's something I've thought about before. For people that I have helped your car over the air, I'd love to hear back from you on how it went and if I was correct. So for listeners out there who I've had tried to help on air if we can get some information back on some of these cars that we've gone over so that, that would, would be, be lovely that would be lovely especially as we're approaching our first birthday you're right <laughs> coming up we, you can also send us an email auto at mpbonline.org what's an unreliable car not to buy we'll get to that after the break and if you'd like an mpb insulated tumbler <laughs> Who doesn't love an MPB insulated tumbler? We encourage you today to go to mpbonline.org, click on support, and learn how you can get one and how you can support this show. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert, and she lets me hang out with her. My name is Liz Gill. I hope you've downloaded our app, uh, MPB's app, for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app, where you can listen to our local shows and watch some TV, uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting Television. Consumer Reports has a list of 108 uh, 2007 to 16 models that have a record of much worse than overall average reliability on subscriber responses to their annual survey. Today, we're throwing out some fighting words, and I'm going to caution you about the Chevrolet Suburban. Uh, According to Consumer Reports and Car Complaints, 2007, 8, 9, 14, 15, and 16 have some problems. Uh, The overall problem was the engine problems, such as excessive oil consumption. Oh, and that's the 350, a legendary engine, so I hate that they're not doing that. Right. Um, but uh, So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car. Suggest Consumer Reports. CarComplaints.com is another resource for reliable car lists. But, you know, I love my 
Dodge Grand Caravan's functionality so much I put up with anything else because yeah. I can't tell you how much I enjoy the lay flat seats. Yeah, that that's seat a big deal. Middle, apparently, that's what my sister says. We, we use that moving people with the dog, with yeah. the people. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And yeah. the fact that the interior and the electrical system falls apart, yeah. I kind of put up with it because I just love that function that yeah. the Dodge Grand Caravan has. Well, I take it back. That's I don't think they're putting the 350 engine anymore. It's bigger cubic inches is maybe the different LS engines in it. So it may not be the, the that legendary 350 engine that Chevy put in every V8 for so long. So that might be probably what that problem. I hate to hear that. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. And he's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is on the 25 Nissan Maxima, but we want to go to Bert. We've been talking about uh, some recent news articles between your repair calls, so we'd love for you to call in. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. Bert, thank you so much for holding on. Uh, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. Morning. Uh, comment and question. I don't understand the need for the push-button cars to stay on more than, you know, maybe 10 minutes uh, un, un, uh, unadjusted. I mean, this is like uh, Major League Baseball not being willing to put up a net on, uh, you know, on the field. It just makes sense that it's the right thing to do. Why wouldn't uh, the netting over the, over the uh, bleachers, why wouldn't there already be a limitation on how long uh, a vehicle could stay on unless it was, you know, reset uh, yeah. individually, taking an effort. Yeah, Why Bert. Um, already be in place. Bert, I want to I want to keep you on. Uh, yeah, the the rest of this article that uh, we were talking about the the gentleman who who died, uh, the big three: um, General Motors, Fiat, Chrysler, and Ford Motor have some safer technology on some or most of their later vehicles, things that. Uh, the technology shuts off the vehicle after a certain period of unintended idling and automatically shifts the vehicle into park if the driver shuts the engine off while drive or reverse is still engaged. So I think it's a it's a hit or miss thing on some of these uh, people. But but Bert, you're absolutely right. It should be a, everybody does that. Well, I don't think they were worried about it until it started becoming a problem that cars weren't getting turned off. So it's like now we know. Let's do something about this because it 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 uh, it's just now showing up that it's a problem, kind of a scary problem. Sure, with everything with everything everything being computer programmed, I just I mean it seems like they're waiting on the NTSB or somebody to tell them to do it. Uh, that ought to be you know a thirty second fix uh, on the electronic level. And and part of the problem is obviously the key and whether you put it in or out. But some of the cars are so smooth running and quiet. Uh, my wife's parents have uh, probably about a 2015 Toyota uh, Camry, really nice car and quiet and smooth running. And they leave it on and just you don't hear it. You don't hear that engine uh, running loudly anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's. Uh, I'm glad they're they're doing something about this too. It's it's a scary thing to have happen. Uh, Bert, did you also so have I a question? No, that was it. Just, you know, why, why isn't this automatic? 
Yeah. Thank you. Bert, we really appreciate you calling in and holding on. We love hearing from our, our listeners. You know, we I don't know that anybody's going <laughs> to take notice of what we talk about and what we decide, but we love hearing from our listeners uh, questions or comments. And if you would like to call or uh, have Allison uh, help you diagnose a problem or you want to discuss something about your car, our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's now go to Bay St. Louis in Edwin. Uh, Edwin, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, the strange thing happened to me um, last week. I'm driving my um, my van. I have a uh, Ford Aerostar cargo van, 97, and I'm driving up Highway 90 back to Bay St. Louis, and all of a sudden I lose power. And um, I'm down on uh, my, my gas pedal to the floor, and the fast I can go is like 40 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden I pick up power, and then I may go another block or so, and then the fast I can go is a loose power again at 20 miles an hour. And I can feel the rear end feels like it's um, trying to lock up on me. So I maybe drove it another couple of blocks, and I realized I couldn't go no more than 20 miles an hour. And also when I was driving, I felt like I had a flat tire. The car was pulling to the left. So I got a car. I didn't have a flat tire. But my two front wheels had this black grease coming out of it and um so i called up the tow truck and brought it to the mechanic so the mechanic said that the the brakes had melted into um the wheels i had to get um, ball bearings um rotors new brakes calibers and and then he tells me i got issues with my rear end differential but have you ever heard of anything like that all of a sudden without any warning that your brakes were melting to the um to the like that? I've never, ever heard of that in my life. Um, if someone has, you can call in and tell me about it. But that's, I've never heard of that before. And, and I, I don't know, did you, had you recently re- replaced your brake pads or, or where did you, where were those pads from? Because it makes me wonder if there was a, a, a particular defect in the pads that you had put on and then eventually they, they acted up and and melted to the rotor? I've, I've never heard that before. Well, I had those brakes put on, like, um, might have been, like, five years ago. And the van, I don't drive it very much. I, uh, I was living in California, and I drove the van from um, Northern California to uh, the Bay St. Louis area, and um, I haven't had a brake change since then. That was, like, in 2000 and, um um, 13. Okay. Well, it makes 14. me wonder if they maybe they didn't grease the guide pins well and the calipers got stuck. But usually just one side will do that. But you said it was pulling more on one side than the other. But that is an unusual thing, and I'm, I'm glad you got that fixed. I've, I've, I haven't personally heard of that before. But as far as with your differential, um, when anyone's having a differential problem, which is a serviceable part on your car, it needs regular fluid changes just like your transmission does, um, and it uses gear oil, but uh, and it's an often missed part that, to get uh, maintenance on. But what you take it to is, uh, I'll give you a for instance. We have here in 
um, Jackson. It's called Jackson Powertrain, and they work just with drive shafts and differentials. So hopefully down in Bay St. Louis, you have a shop that's like that. They work primarily on differentials and drive shafts, transfer cases, and that's who you'd want to take it to if you're having a differential problem. Um, if you need a new differential, if it's acting up, it can be a little bit expensive. So uh, that's who what I'd recommend to check that out and, and uh, so that you're not wasting time at a shop that doesn't doesn't do that all the time. Well, I'm taking a chance right now. Um, the mechanic guy did tell me about this place in Biloxi, um, Stan Powertrain, and um, I called them up and the, the lady told me that that they're way behind, that they, he probably gave me a call back in three weeks. So um, I couldn't wait that long. So the mechanic did tell me if I didn't want to go that route, that they can probably find me another one at the salvage yard. So right. that's the route I'm going. I'm waiting right now. If it's not your daily driver, I'd wait till the powertrain people can get to you. But what I would do is that uh, that week before those three weeks is up, I would take it and drop it off and, and then call them regularly. Uh, kind of be that pain in the rear end customer that calls regularly so that they stay on it and get it done. I understand a shop being swamped and uh, and you'll let things slide if it's not someone if it's not a car that someone needs immediately when you have people keep coming in that need their stuff immediately you'll keep pushing it back so I'd stay on them to get it done and that way you know it's done correctly without just throwing a part at it that it it may not need. I hear. Well, I just know how it turns out because it's too late now. I already gave the mechanic the car on Tuesday. Okay. So replace the um, the rear end, and um, next time I hit to your show, I tell you how it worked out. But I did hear some noise coming from the rear end, and um, well, after they put the brakes on and did the rotors and stuff, they took it for a spin, and they told me about the rear end making this noise. They told me to drive it for a couple of days, and I was driving it. And I hear it's making this weird noise. I just didn't want to take a chance of it locking up for me. And I kind of wanted to use the van to do some products around the house, you know, to haul some lumber and stuff. Yeah. So, um... Well, hopefully that fixes the problem then and that you're not chasing anything else down. But that's... It sounds like it's either that or the drive shaft. Gotcha. Yeah, but good luck with that. I think you're headed in the right direction. All right, thank you. Appreciate taking my call, too. Yes, indeed. All right, little children. If a shop is busy for three weeks and can't get to your car, then you need to find someone who you know and tell them to go to automotive school. (laughs) That seems like a good uh, employment security. There is a a shortage in certain areas. There's a shortage in automotive electrical techs. There's a shortage in uh, people who do heads. We have one guy in Jackson who's famous for every car person around. It's Jeff at Jackson Head and Cylinders, and he's swamped, and he just can't take any more business constantly constantly busy so there's there is room for uh there's room for more people to come into the automotive industry big big time i would highly encourage people that to do it and there's money in it there's money in it 
All right. We've been discussing recent news articles. Uh, We've got one more when we come back from the break, but we're also taking your repair questions. I think we have time for one more call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. And thank you to everyone who has contributed to Mississippi Public Broadcasting in the past. And if you'd like to support us, you know, me and Allison and and our show, mpbonline.org and click support to learn more. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect, which was our old uh, email, our old website. You can still get to us then, but we're, if you want to go ahead and migrate to our new site, it's autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with uh, the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASE certified. We're reminding you today that if you enjoy MPB programming, uh, how about giving us 29 cents? How about giving us 99 cents? We're tr- we want to let you know how you can donate your change to MPB. You can do that by going to our the big webpage, MPB mpbonline.org and click support and you can find out how it might be how might you might be able to support us um we've been talking about some news stories but we have some emails allison do you think you can answer this gas question um just a little bit okay there's uh uh, elizabeth ann uh, emailed and said she had a 2016 honda fit and a 2017 ford focus hatchback she uses ethanol free gas in both she says she gets better gas mileage and smoother running engine is there a problem with using ethanol free gas in these vehicles thanks in advance for your help love the show i know a lot of boats and the small engine repair guy always recommends for the small engines using ethanol free but what about for a honda fit or a ford focus hatchback um for these later model cars that are made to run on ethanol it does not hurt them to run on uh the non-ethanol uh gas now older cars that were before they started putting ethanol in there i recommend those run on the ethanol free glass i do it in my old 89 sports car and uh, uh, and it helps with with those vehicles. So, but it does not hurt it to run it on the ethanol free. Okay, and I have found at least in the Jackson area, if you're around the reservoir, because a lot of boats use mm-hmm. the ethanol free, uh, those are some of the gas stations that sell the ethanol free gas. That's right, mm-hmm. is near uh, near the lake. 
Um, let's talk about, oh, here's one more news story. Um, Florida is going to start allowing autonomous cars with no safety drivers on public roads starting July 1st. Interesting. But so when you're if you're going to the beach next month, if you're going to the beach Monday, July 1st is Monday, they're going to start allowing autonomous cars. But now the the with no safety drivers. But the good news is the law, which goes into effect Monday, is only for self-driving vehicles that are equipped with an automated driving system designated to function without a human operator and that describes level four and level five self-driving vehicles which don't exist yet outside of various test programs so there are levels yeah and no one's doing that yet but they're allowing it well this is because uh, arizona california and nevada have uh the laws that allow the autonomous test fleets okay. and so now Florida wants to get in on some of that test fleet business okay. so uh, regular people with you, you know you can't just drive hands free there but these testing companies that have a level four and level five so that would be something if you're if you're on your way to Panama City Beach or Pensacola or Orlando, <laughs> you might see somebody with a driverless car. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the last news story let's go to is um, there are road deaths. The, yeah, apparently the road deaths have gone up in in this past year. Uh, more so than they were in previous years and uh and overall when you look at the whole decade we've actually had them come up and and there's more of them right now and um and so there's speculation on why that is auto manufacturers are saying because people are being more risky other people are saying it's because of the new technology in cars so um you know that's interesting debate there please be careful with your uh drinking speeding and distraction that's going to wrap us up for today Today's autocorrect. Our call screener today has been Java Chapman. But I saw Jay White wandering around here a little bit, too. But our board engineer is we love our Michelle McAdoo. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Don't forget to go to mpbonline.org and click support to find out how you can donate your change. Up next is Southern Remedy. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.